Our experiences are what define us. Everything in your life can teach you. We call these our defining moments. Now, join Debbie Montgomery Johnson and her featured guest as they help you stop hiding things in your life and instead learn to embrace them and stand proud. It's Defining Moments, and it begins now. Here is your host, Debbie Montgomery Johnson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful Thursday with Defining Moments. This is Debbie Montgomery Johnson, and I'm so excited to be here. It's another great opportunity for me to talk to a dear friend, colleague, and a man that I find extraordinary in making transformations in his life. My guest today is by the world, in the world's view, a very important man. At least that's what I thought when I first met him. He was just a delight, but he, Wally Waiters, Walter Waiters, is the founder and creator of Business Builders Academy, where he is a high-performance coach for high-achieving entrepreneurs. But he is also, the first thing I found out about him is that he is the founder and executive producer of Profiles Series Productions, which produces the Profiles Series hosted by Academy Award-winning actor Lou Gossett. In addition, Larry, uh, Larry, Wally has worked with Larry King, a man that all of us should know from years and years ago, and it's just been an extraordinary career on television and in radio and all the all sorts of things. But Wally and I met a few years ago. First, I want to say welcome, Wally. I, I hope you're there. Yes, I am here, Debbie. Thank you very there much. You there you go. Well, to, to tell everybody how you and I met is kind of a funny story. It was a few years ago, and I remember going down to Boca Raton, Florida, with my son, Matthew, and we were going to visit our friend, Johnny. Johnny. I haven't seen Johnny in a while, but we were going down to visit Johnny. And we walked into Johnny's office, and there was a chair sitting there. No one went in it. And Johnny looked at me, and he looked at Maddie, and he was talking to Maddie about doing something. And all of a sudden, Wally goes, we have, Wally, Johnny said, we have another friend coming in to visit with us, and we're going to videotape her today. And we thought that was kind of cool. I I knew her, and we wanted to watch and see what Johnny was going to do. And so she came in, and she sat down, and you walked in, and I didn't know who you were. Johnny hadn't introduced us, hadn't told us about you, and you came in, and, and, very, and I think you were very casual in your, in your dress, and you put up a little camera, and you were talking to our friend and said, okay, I'd like you to tell me your story, and I could see the, the fright in her eyes, and she said, okay, and she started, and she, she got a little bit through it, and then all of a sudden, she got a little bit tongue-tied, and you said, okay, take a break. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're looking at me going, okay, Deb, you sit down. I want to hear your story. And I'm game for anything, although I wasn't sure I was ready to tell my story yet. So I sat down, and I looked at you, and I started to tell my story, and, and then I wasn't even paying attention to the camera. I was looking at you. I was looking at your eyes, and it's interesting. You just sent me the video of that interview the other day, and I'm looking at it going, oh, my gosh. That feels like so long ago when I did that, and I just, I had no animation. I was just telling the story because it was the first time I'd gotten brave enough to tell anybody outside of my family and outside of my small group at Women's Prosperity Network. And I told the story. I think it took about eight minutes. Matthew and I left, and Johnny called me back, and he goes, can you come back tomorrow? And I said, yes. Why? He goes, because Wally would like to talk to you. He's talking to a friend in Hollywood. And I'm thinking, okay, who is this Wally? I said, Johnny, what's his name? So I got 
when I got home, I, I actually, I do this quite often. I do my research now on people, and I went and I Googled you. And the first oh, thing did, I read is, I, the first thing I read is like, he's an executive producer with Larry King. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's important. <laughs> he's important in that world of movies and TV. And, you know, it went from there. But the next time, and of course I was awestruck. I'd never met anybody that worked in Hollywood like that. And the next time we met, of course I was thinking this. And you completely put me at ease. And I didn't even think about that anymore, you know, because now we were working as friends and colleagues and I was opening up my myself and my story to you and you did the same. And that was an extraordinary start. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that initial meeting because you had no errors about you. You had no importance about you other than you were a man that was looking to help another tell their story. And that's why we are here today. And that's how I've gone on to do the things in the last year that I've done because you and Johnny and several other people believed in my story and said, you got to get it out. So I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're welcome. And it was, I could tell you, that day, we were just talking about the other day with the other people, some other people there. Uh, and with Terrier. And can I tell you something? That day was a breakthrough day and a defining moment for every single person that was in that room. Absolutely. It was like the whole world stood still as we shared our stories and testimonies. And I remember what happened. She left for a couple of minutes and you, then we, then we started telling her and you tell your story. And I was, I was just, I told you, just look at me and talk to me. I, I've never heard anything like your story before. It was fantastic. It was thrilling. It was like unbelievable. And I'm looking like, how could this happen to someone of your stature, of your intelligence, of your, of just of the true nature of who you are? And this was like an awakening for all of us. Because I remember, remember what happened after you told your story? That the other person came back and they shared transparently something they'd never shared with anybody in 25 years. Mm-hmm. It was a very defining moment for several people. I remember, I remember sitting down with you in my office after this. When you bought this huge bag of books, and journals, notes, and I was like, I've never seen anything as elaborate like that in my life. And you began to tell your story, and as it began to unfold, I said, "There's a movie in this. There's a movie." And I contacted one of the scriptwriters I know who's worked on several films. We started coming up with ideas and everything like that, and because. What I told you, remember what I told you, people need to hear this because you're not the woman who's sitting back in Pocatello, Idaho, getting emails and going back and forth with people. You're a metropolitan woman, very successful business owner, entrepreneur with a lot of experience. So this wasn't like the mundane thing that happens to somebody in middle America. And so to me, it was a wake up that there are other people just like you who have had something like this happen have not shared it with a soul. So that was like, to me, it was just a, an awakening situation for us. And it was a, well, just and it's a, a, a it's amazing. Thing. I remember that. It's, it's still happening today. I mean, I've come out and told my story, and, and if listeners haven't heard it, it's on our very first radio show, and they can go back and listen. But I am working with women around the world now that come to me, and they're still in the middle of it. And for them, it's the, the most difficult, which is different about my story than most online dating scams is that my gentleman actually came and confessed in person and I had for me I'm so grateful not for the scam 
but for the closure that I got from that. Right. And most most women and the hope because I've been able to move on and most of the women that I talk to don't have that. They're in the middle of the devastation. They're in the middle of the the just the downside, the financial devastation, the emotional hurt. And somehow we've got to be able to get this story out so and be able to talk one-on-one and, and in groups so they realize that they're not alone. But by talking, one day we're going to stop this and keep those scammers, you know, out of out of people's homes. And I don't, that maybe that's the Pollyanna in me because I know evil's out there. But by not talking, we're definitely not helping the cause. Definitely so not. it's definitely it's one of those things and I'm grateful. And I know that there's a movie out there someday. We'll get it out someday, somehow. There is a movie. There's definitely a movie <laughs> out there for sure. I want to tell you that. But I make sure when it gets there, if you give me, I want the exclusive rights to that. To make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> we're saying this on on the air right now, and I can tell you, I remember we told Debbie, we said, uh, we spoke to our uh, my writer on the phone, he said, Debbie, we said, Debbie, you need to write a book. Can I tell you something? Within, I think it was maybe three, four months that you had your book completed. I did. And, it was about me. and she did it. She took action on it. Now it's out there helping so many people and opening up so many doors and changing lives all over the world. It's beautiful. Well, and it's, it's something that by speaking your story, and that's the, the hidden story that I had there, uh, it actually uncovered a lot of stories in my life. And by opening up completely and not feeling the, that people were judging me, and you and I are going to talk about that later because I know you've felt that too, is that once I decided that it really didn't matter what people were going to say about the story, it was so important to me to get it out because there's one woman or one man out there that needed to hear it because they're going through it. And that's true with everything in our lives, that we're going through something or we've been through something that somebody else would benefit from if we would just talk about it. And that's what Mm -hmm. Defining Moments are all about. And I'm so excited. Now, I I just want to go into your background a little bit because I know you're you're still involved with the television. And you worked with Larry King. You worked with Lou Gossett Jr., um, a little bit now. I, I usually do this at the end, but I just thought maybe we should talk a little bit about what are you doing today? And how did you get there? How did you get to that point of doing what you're doing today? Well, that's interesting. As far as the, I, I tell people about the story, but I believe that every where I'm at is, is, is due to design and creation and manifestation. I'll tell you where it started. When I was 15 years old, my mother sat me down and she said, I started speaking at the age of 15 publicly in front of audiences and everything. And she said, Okay, there are a couple of things you could do. Let me see. You can be, uh, she's sitting down and trying to help me map out my life. She said, you can be a lawyer. Uh, you can be a professor. Uh, you can be a speaker or you can be on television. What do you want to do? So I made a decision at that point at the age of 15 with my mother that I wanted to be in television. I wanted to be a news reporter, anchor, and sports person. And that was decided that at that point in time at the age of 15. And so I, that set everything into action, I believe. So that's where it started. So come uh, years later, I am in college at the University of Florida and is pursuing a broadcast degree. I work in radio, uh, on top AOR stations, it's album-oriented rock stations in the country. And then I, funny thing, a buddy I was just remembering this, I remember we did the auditions for first edition. I got the uh, sports anchor position for first edition news, and I, it all began there. I began reporting, then I'm a five o'clock news and news reporter. And, but there was sort of a sidetrack after I got out. It was a recession in the country and I could not get into the business. 
People were struggling. All the people who said they were going to help me were struggling to get their jobs, but I never lost a vision. I never lost a hope. I never lost a focus and the intention of this is what I wanted to do. So fast forward. I find myself back in the television business, but as an associate producer, not on the camera, not on the air, which was uh, definitely more lucrative in that sense. And I worked on a, as an associate producer for several series. There was uh, the first one I worked on was Today's Environment, hosted by Ed Bagley Jr. as an associate producer. And several other shows I work with uh, on a show with John Stossel, with Morley Safer, uh, and for public television, and also another series that was hosted by Charlton Heston, and finally, Walter Cronkite. Now, at one point, I, I had a vision. I wanted to start my, when I entered journalism college, they said, what do you want to do? I want to have my own TV show. That was an intention again, and I ended up getting on my own. I told my boss, I said, listen, it's time. I've hit the ceiling here. It's time for me to start off, and I started working with Lou Gossett Jr., and then uh, fast forward to uh, Larry King. And today, I am uh, co-producing a series called New Frontiers in Health and Medicine, and that's going to be hosted by William Shatner. And that show is set to be, we're doing that, we're actually flying out to Los Angeles to do a shoot next Tuesday with Mr. Shatner. So that's interesting, the timing of this call. And one thing I have to tell you, I was having this conversation with my niece about a month ago. And I told her, everything is by design and by intention. And looking back, even though I went off track, and I, this, I had a gap time, about four or five years, that I was not in the business. But because the intention was there, I believe that things manifested over a course of time. So I've been in the entertainment business for uh, nearly uh, 30 years now. And it's been quite a journey, and it continues. And some of the other things I'm doing, if you don't mind, no, um, I am. Uh, I started uh, going back to my original, my master passion, I call it, is my speaking and coaching and really inspiring people to do the same as I did to reach their goals, their dreams, and their visions. Well, and that's where I was listening to a thing you did on Facebook yesterday. It was actually a video of a... a um presentation you gave with another one of our friends down here in South Florida and it was it was an extraordinary opportunity for you to identify defining moments of your own and being vulnerable enough and honest enough to tell people about them and yes. that's what we're going to we I'd like to get into now because I think a lot of people will look at what what our I, what I call our worldly success looks like, and that's the TV and the radio and the businesses and all the things that we do. But that's not really us. Those are part of our story, but they're not really us. And thank you for talking about your mom, because I usually ask that question, you know, or, or I, I usually like to bring in a mom story because I'm so close to my mother, and I'm really grateful for the for the things that she's done for me, and I could feel that your mom really steered you as a young man. And thank you to your mom. Um, but what our mothers don't tell us is that, you know, people might not be kind to us <laughs> as we pursue those things. <laughs> and, True. And, and when, when, when they're not, then we're like, whoa, you know, what happened here? And have you ever had that up? Yeah. Have you ever had that happen to you where someone you thought was going to be generous and kind to you turned out not to be? It's happened on more than one occasion. I can tell you that much. And it all has to do with people's judgment of who you are and how they perceive you. And also, I would say this boldly, is even like the, the, I think a lot of people don't maybe have or possess the same ambition or gifts or whatever the case is, and it causes them to stumble 
into judgment of you because of their own insecurities. So this happened on many occasions, I can tell you, for sure. Well, that's true. And and it's a learning experience. I think we get better with age and with experience there where we may not put ourselves around those people anymore, even though they may seem important for our careers or our lives. They may, I think I heard you say one time, what did you call them? The, uh, oh, I'm having a brain cramp. Where they just kind of clingers. They hung on to you. Hanger, hanger uh, oners. Hanger oners. There's the right one. I couldn't write it down. It looked looked kind of funny. But hanger oners and people that we allow to hang on to us for whatever reason. And you have any hanger oners left or have you gotten to the point where I you can, can let me tell you say, something. I'm That's funny. This, you ever have a time where you get, I tell people, you, you watched this segment the other day, I, I have a tendency to sort of resist, which I'm getting better at now. And until recently. And, and the thing about it is there are people, they see something in you. And they just want to go along for the ride. And they can absolutely be negative. They can be insulting. But for some reason, for some reason, we, we don't want to, we don't want to throw them off. It's like sometimes you see the shark. And you see these little fish. Shark is swimming through the ocean. He has all these little uh, smaller fish are next to him because they know they're going to get a bounty of food. And they're going to get whatever falls off the table in a sense, when that shark is going by. I just got that visual. But it's like that. They hang on. They hang around. And a lot of times, it's counterproductive to what you want to do and accomplish in your life. That's the true. hardest well, part sometimes is letting them go and moving on. Because at a certain point, and this is what I say, is that there's something about the person that you attracted them to you. There's some redeeming quality that you look at within the person. However, being open and being uh, receptive to people, you over you try to overlook those things that are negative, but I tell people it's counterproductive to you moving forward. So you have to well, let, you have to shake them off and move in another direction. It's a life process. It's a process. Absolutely. Can I stop and you for just I a moment? I truly believe that, you know, when you're whatever you achieve when you're raising your vibration and going after what you need to do, you have to sometimes let go of the old that's no longer positively serving you and be open to whatever new that's coming into your life. That's true. Now, while I hold that thought, and we're, we're going to take a short break here, and we're going to come back and talk about those things in just a few seconds. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Today, we are part of an ever-changing mix of technological advances and business trends that redefine how we work, ongoing performance, and our world around us. Tune in to Humanity Evolve with host Catherine Calarco. It's an open discussion about these trends and advances that come together to create a positive future for you, your family, and your world. 
Humanity Evolve can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. This is the Voice America Women's Channel, where your success is limitless. listening to Defining Moments with Debbie Montgomery Johnson. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to Debbie at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. Now, back to Defining Moments. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you to my guest, Wally Waiters, who's here. Wally and I have been talking a little bit about his successful career on TV and radio and how his mom basically steered him in the direction of, you know, if you're going to be a speaker, you're going to do one of few things, and he chose TV and went from there. But with the onset of social media and, and all of us putting our lives out online, I recall a time when I heard uh, Wally say that he was afraid of social media and was not going to go on it. Well, Google him today, and you'll see that there's a different story. Now, Wally, please tell us what happened and how you got yourself onto social media and what you're doing with it. Okay. Well, um, there was a friend of mine. We mentioned him. His name is Johnny. And I sat down and I talked to Johnny. It must have been a three-hour conversation. He's like, man, you're like a renaissance man. You write, you sing, you speak, you do so many on television. And he said, why? He asked me, why aren't you using your gifts? And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's a good question. It's because I believe I wasn't ready at that time. So I began to get in this flow, and I started writing quotes. I mean, just things were being, like, downloaded to me. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do with these things? And so we go to Facebook. Now, those of you on Facebook, when Facebook started, it was more of a social media thing where your friends and family members that you talk about experiences and where you're going to eat and where you went to. It's not like that anymore. It's a platform for entrepreneurs and visionaries and writers and speakers and teachers or whatever business to, to share their goods. I was so afraid. I'm like, Johnny said, put it on Facebook. I started with Instagram because I knew no one knew me at all. And I was like safe there. So there would be no judgment. But I believe what I had is I had a fear of judgment from people. And I, can I be transparent, Debbie? Absolutely. Okay. I had a fear of fear of judgment. And I'm going to tell you who the people were. I was engaged in a, in a church for many, many years. And I thought if I start posting this stuff, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm afraid of what they're going to say, what they're going to start doing, and everything else. And it took me almost a year where I had to finally get myself to the place where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I believe a lot of times it, we have to just be able to be at that, that, that moment where we have to take what I call the nest plunge and just jump in full on. And I did it. And can I tell you something? Oh, I was so nervous when I hit the first button to post it. And you know what? I did get some judgmental messages. Are you off the reservation? Are you okay? People I haven't spoken to in 20 years, 10 years, 15 years, all of a sudden they're concerned about me. But I realized that something happened when I had that breakthrough in my life. There was a sense of freedom, of peace, and release. And I went through the struggle of worrying about, I ne- listen, I'm not, I never thought I had it. I didn't really give a rip what anybody thought about me in the business world. But somehow on that personal level, there was this, oh my gosh, what do they think about me kind of thing. 
But once I had that breakthrough, and I, I realize a lot of people out there right now who are listening, there's something that you're called to do. There's someone who you're defined to be, but you're worried about what other people are going to say to you. And I wrote a quote, one of the quotes that came out is, do not share your dreams and visions with everyone because their inability to comprehend them will cause them to undermine them. And I had a lot of undermining people in my life, posting comments, arguing with me, creating debates. And I remember I used to first delete their comments. And I said, you know what? I'm leaving it up there. I'm going to answer them in front of the entire world. So I believe that if there's something that you feel you're called to do, you just have to do it. And to me, big, strong guy, everything else, bold in business and so forth, when it came to this, that block was there. But once I released it, and here's what happened, Debbie, that all of a sudden I started getting messages, phone calls, text messages, emails, you know, responses. People were telling me, I'm talking about vice presidents of companies, executives, CEOs, everybody. They said, Wally, I just, I know I never like your videos. I don't comment, but let me tell you this, keep doing what you're doing because we did this one and it hit me exactly where I was. And this is the thing. When you go, when you set that intention and you do it, listen, it's not about me getting a million likes on a thing, but I know that every time I do something, there's going to be a certain select group of people that will be impacted and it will change their lives forever. And by me blocking that and being afraid, I was be doing a disservice to myself and to the world. That's really interesting. I'm sitting here thinking I have had those same same thoughts, and the thought about well, gosh, no one's looking at the video. Well, you know what? I did it for me, and if it helps one person, that's the goal. And I one think person. it's inter- one person. That's all we need. And, and I so resonate with what you say because that's how I feel, and that's why I went out on my mission on this movement for me, the woman behind the smile, is to touch the lives of the life of one person, yes. because that person will touch another person, and then it'll be the domino theory, you know, where it will just exactly. magnify in time. And but the hardest thing is that we want to be liked personally, and to have someone say something negative. That can take a real hit, but at some point you have to stand up, and I love what you have to say, you have to let go and stand in your truth, and for me, it's stand in your power, it's stand in, just stand up, and stand up to yourself, and don't let other people pull you down, and I love what you're doing. You're doing something now called Transformation Tuesdays. Can you kind of explain what that is? Yeah, Transformation Tuesdays, what I've done is I've created an acronym for the five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, I call it Manifestation Monday. Transformation Tuesday, usually it's Wonderful Wednesday or Winning Wednesday, Thankful Thursday, which is today. And we call it Fun Friday, Phenomenal Friday, and and different things like that. But Transformation Tuesday is, this is a challenge for people to really make a decision and change their lives. And one of the things that I really believe is that there's a scripture says, you know, to no longer be conformed, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I believe by renewing our mind, setting our mindset in place, and creating an environment that we're open and receptive to make change, this is where really people are really having an impact right now. So Transformation Tuesday to me is a time to challenge people. A challenge, I call it the challenge to change. When you did Many one yesterday... People- one yesterday, yes. I think, about um, being taken advantage of, which obviously resonated with me because I was taken advantage of. But as you said, everybody gets taken advantage of. We just maybe not, we might not acknowledge it. What did you challenge people with on that? I challenge, because here, here's the thing. You know, we, 
It's subjective. Some people get it taken advantage of they don't know it, but to be completely upfront with you, some of us know we're being taken advantage of and we just allow it to happen. You know, it, it was like, it was one of those things that I was challenging people in relationships. I don't know why this happened. You ever have this happen to every, all of a sudden someone tells you a story and next thing you know, you hear it again, two, three days later, and then again and again and again. Well, it happened to me this week that someone was telling me how they were in an abusive relationship for eight years and they were stuck. And they didn't know why they continued to be stuck. And, and this, this woman told me that she finally made a decision that is done and she's moving forward. And she couldn't understand why she continued to return to. And I think for a lot of us, when we're being taken advantage of, there's almost like this sense of comfort in a way because we feel like someone needs us or someone wants us. And that trumps all the other abusive things that take place. So yesterday, I think it was, no, it was actually maybe Monday. I was at the vitamin shop buying something. And I don't know what, people approach me wherever I go and I don't know, it's just my energy. Well, someone approached me, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You, you, they asked me if I was a law enforcement officer or uh, something else I get called all the time or a detective or a military person. And struck conversation struck, but I don't know why she started to share these things with me. That she had an injury on her leg and she said, you know, I've been lying to people about this this happened in my abusive relationship I was in for two and a half years. She went on to tell how she was tortured for hours at a time, but she could not ever break free, but she broke free. And I'm thinking there's a pattern going here, and that's one of the reasons I did that message, is that you know we have to ask ourselves the question, why are we allowing people to take advantage of us? For me, my reason was in, in, in the workplace, I always had a heart for the underdog. And I was challenged this question the other day. I had a heart for the underdog. I wanted to help people. So I had employees that took advantage of me in so many ways. And, and I was able I was able to get past that and be able to make better decisions and choices in my life. And I tell people this all the time. You have to make better choices, but you have to ask yourself the question as to why you attracted this in your life, why in the situation, or and ask yourself, do I want to really get out of this place? So it's a decision that has to place, so take place. So I challenge everyone on several levels to make that transformation in your life and to shake off whatever energy, whatever things, whatever harm has been done to you and be able to step into the newness of your life. Well, it all comes down to forgiving yourself for what happened. Yes. And that's hard. And then forgiving others and moving forward. And that can be exactly. a very difficult thing to do. Especially the forgiving yourself part. I mean, we, I think we are so self-deprecating and just, you know, beat ourselves up to the point of not being able to go to, to do anything positive. And that's not good. When I was out in California a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was, we had a, an experience with the wolves called the Wolf Connection. And the wolf that I had gotten close to, his name was Wolfie, which is kind of a cute name. But he was the healing wolf. And I was given this little saying about Wolfie that says, having forgiven myself and those who hurt me. I flow with healing, and I share that open channel with others. I am pure love, the kind that melts. And when I met this wolf, and it's literally a wolf, a wolf dog, um, he had been abused. And you don't really think about animals being abused that much, but this wolf was terribly abused. And for him to learn to trust again and to forgive the, the person that actually hurt him, it's like us. You know, we're very vulnerable as as individuals and as souls. And when someone hurts us, we we put up that barrier a lot of times. And we want people to help us because you and I are both people that love to give. 
And unfortunately, yeah. givers are taken advantage of. And and that's a sad thing in life because to, to, to take that away from us is to take out a fundamental part of us away. And for me to not be able to trust people or to not be able to give to people freely, is it's a very difficult thing for me. But I had to learn to say no. I had to learn, like you said, to say to certain people, I'm sorry, I can't help you right now. I can't help you financially, physically, whatever. But they may not be the best person to have in our lives. And people, places, and things, you have to change sometimes. I, you know, when I've been dealing with folks in, in therapy and, and in groups and things, and people change your people, place, and things. And we don't want to do that because we're of our comfort zone. And exactly. we have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's tough. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly because, you know, I thought about it. It's funny thing, as you're talking about these things, it's bringing things to memory. And I remember one of the things I used to, I didn't like to say no to people. And Mm -hmm. and then I, so I really got to the place and really bold. And I I wrote a quote that says, learn to say no without fearing the consequences. Because the biggest thing we have, I had a fear. If I say no to these people, what's going to happen? They're not going to like me. They're not going to, you know, all these thoughts go into my mind, but I had to finally get to that place where I would just say no, 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 no. And I I had a realization, it's going back probably 15, 20 years ago, that being a giver, sometimes you want to be a people pleaser. You want everyone to like you. You want to be the friend to everyone, and you don't want to have anybody say anything bad about you. Well, guess what? It's going to happen no matter what. Some people just not may not like the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look, and not know a thing about you. So I created a phrase that I share with many ministers, pastors, and friends, and it goes like this, that not everyone is called to like Wally Waiters. And you can do that quick plug in. Not everyone's called to like you. And it's liberating when you can release that and know that not every person is going to like you, called to like you. And it's, a, it's again, about being freedom, having that freedom and being, being able to be a true and authentic self. Well, and then it comes up with a thing, many are called, but few are chosen. So there might be a lot called to be in your life, but you need to choose who the good ones are. And uh, sometimes, sometimes we need to go out on a limb and and bring in somebody that we may not totally feel comfortable with. And that's the way we grow by bringing in somebody a little bit different than we are. And that's a challenge sometimes, you know, because again, that judgmental side of us pops up and says, Ooh, they're a little bit different. I don't know if I want them in my life, but we learn from, from people that are different. I mean, you and I, oh, if people were to look at us on, on the outside spectrum, they go, oh, there's nothing those two have in common. Nothing but in common, right? We yeah, Physically <laughs> or whatever, no. But on the inside, we have a lot in common. Oh, and that's what's really a neat thing is as you talk to people, as you hear their stories, as you find out about their families, you're like, wow, that man or, or that woman, they are so much like I am. And they have so many things that they've been through and, and things that I've gone through that, that just are synergistic, basically, that, you know, we, we just are going down the same paths in life, just on different sides of the street. And oh, we, need to, we need to meet in the middle. And that's what I find so wonderful about you. And, and we don't see each other a lot, but when we do, it's just like this instant We're connected. Pick, pick up. Yeah, pick up. Mm-hmm. And um, what I do want to talk about, we have to go to a short break in a minute, but what I do want to talk about is, is family. And you know how important family is to me and how it was the yes. hardest thing in the world for me to even tell my family my story. Uh, and that's part of this whole opening up to people is we need to trust, especially our family or close friends, so that we can tell our stories. So I would like to, at, 
go into a little bit maybe about your family if you're willing to share. Sure. Siblings or, you know, children. I know you've got some children's stories and I loved your kids um, about okay. maybe what you've done to help them to move forward uh, with difficulties and challenges in their lives. And uh, and we'll go from there because I know that we can learn a lot from you in, in that respect. So first off, before we, I think we have about a minute before we go to break, but you do have how many children? Three? I have three children. Mm-hmm. Three kids, that's right. And they are down here in South Florida. Yeah, they're in Boca. Mm-hmm. In Boca, okay. And what are their ages right now? Do you mind? I have a uh, 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 8-year-old. 13, 12, and 8. That's, boy, you're in the thick of young dadhood. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> minor twenty, minor twenty three and up, and it's a little. I don't oh, know you're if it's good. easier now. Yeah, well, that's what I always think. But yeah, I'm I'm very blessed with the kids. <laughs> but I've been thinking back at the thirteen, twelve, and eight, and the and with Halloween coming up, Maddie and I were discussing this morning how that's not my favorite holiday, and I actually am going to go out for dinner that night because I don't want to be around. But I remember that that thirteen is just on the verge of. Uh, nope, I don't think you ought to be going out with a pillowcase full of you know, to fill up with candy anymore. So that's kind of a kind of a tangent I went off on, but I that that's a fun age, but a difficult age. And uh, I want a little couple of your stories as a dad as we go forward, because I think you're uh, an amazing dad and in what you're okay. doing. So we're going to take a short break here. And um, before while you're gone, get a drink of water. I always say go fill up, refresh, and uh, check out our websites. I actually can be found on thewomanbehindthesmile.com. We have a couple of different blogs there on stories that have happened in my life and how I want people to share. And Wally can be found on planettvstudios.com. Go and check out some of the incredible uh, um things he's working on now and we're going to talk a little bit more about those also but stay with us Uh, just come back in a short break and we'll be back with Wally talking about our family experiences become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Religion and faith are many different things to many different people. Once you have the basic foundations of religious faith, the rest is up to you. Listen for Everyday Spirituality with host and life coach Kimberly Tobin. We can look past the restraints of religion where it is thought that one belief is the gold standard and everything else is wrong. Spirituality can be found in everything and we can peacefully exist with different paths to belief. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Women. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. Listening to Defining Moments with Debbie Montgomery Johnson. To reach the show today, please call in to 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Or send an email to Debbie at the woman behind the smile.com. That's D E B B Y at the woman behind the smile.com. Now, back to Defining Moments. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm here with my friend Wally Waiters, and I, it's really interesting. Our conversation is taking a little bit of a different swing than I had anticipated originally, but because we are so cognizant of our family and, and, and the love that we share, uh, we tend to keep our family out of the limelight, and we don't want to tell anybody about some challenges that we have in our lives. I know I've been very resistant to to bringing out some of the things my family's gone through, and you know the kids don't want me to tell all the stories either. But there are some things that a lot of folks have been able to learn from me because of the work I've been doing with addiction and and with um, social justice and things in in the criminal justice system. But when Molly and I were talking, he's I we just found out he's got kids that are 13, 12, and eight. And they're down here in Florida. But his oldest, uh, Wally, I want you to tell us about the defining moment you had with your oldest child and how that has okay. manifested itself in the last 10 years. Okay, yes. Yeah, my, uh, my oldest son, his name is John Luke. He, we, we noticed something different about him after 18 months. And I know people have different theories, but it always happens around that time, uh, right after you got the MMR uh, vaccine, measles, mumps, and rubella. Mm-hmm. And people can say whatever they want, but I can tell you, he was talking, he had over 220 word vocabulary, very, very active, very much uh, smiling and so forth. And, but after that, we noticed some different things. He started doing this thing called stimming. He would look at the frame of the pool and just move his eyes back and forth out of the corner of his eyes. It's called, stimming is a behavior. So what we found out, he was autistic. And the diagnosis, of course, like most men, I denied it. He's going to be fine. There's nothing wrong with him. And it was almost like it was a very defined moment because when you, when you know that happens to you as a parent, it becomes almost like you see the whole dreams and visions and what you had planned for your child's life, you know, completely crushed. But there's a brighter side to it. And this is what people have to understand is that it's as nearly 50%. And I forgot the number now. It's really a lot of people. Uh, I think it's one in five or one in four of uh, all children have have autism. Get autism now. It's a very it's a very very uh, big deal right now. And I can tell you, a lot of people hide it. A lot of people don't want to admit it or own up to it. And you see their kids. And I see them. I said, "No, they're Oh, he's just uh, developmentally delayed. And that's the term or the label they put on people 
this developmental delay, which is a true thing, but there's more more different behaviors associated with that. We realized with him that he had allergic, if you give him any teas or casein product, he would almost seem like he was laughing incessantly. Or if you give him wheat product, same thing. And so we took radical changes, okay? His mother and I, we took radical changes and we started reading and studying and looking at things and finding things out. So it was a defining moment because it was like, oh my goodness, what, what is this all about? What's this disease? But what we came to realize is just people who are in the autism spectrum. They just have a different way of processing things, a different way of communicating, a different way of receiving and processing information. So we did, we started doing all kinds of therapies from the age of two, hired a behavioral therapist did some alternative treatments, whatever it was under the sun. We call him the million-dollar boy because of all the, you know, uh, things that have gone into him and brought him to where he is today. And can I tell you something, Debbie? He has, he's, you know, we we have this group called Dads with Autism. We meet once every couple of months, and we share the stories about our children, our concerns, and our thoughts. And and I was sharing that John Luke, I mean, he, he we started this school, and it's called uh, Oakstone Academy of the Palm Beaches. I was a chairman of the board over there for several years. And we started the school basically because we wanted to provide an environment for kids with autism to be in a place where they'd be safe. Because when people look at people who are different, they seem to ostracize them, to tease them, to call them names, and also take advantage of them because they process things differently. So the school was started. And dealing with a peer model, we had people, they're two for one. Two uh, typical children for every autistic child, because more teaching them the behavioral things, because a lot of autistic people are working in our world today, we don't even know they're autistic. They're in the Silicon Valley, computer programs, they're editors in television shows, they're engineers and so forth, and they have, they're in the spectrum, no one ever knew what to call them, but they're very intelligent people. And for, so for me, was thinking about my son's future, and I still think about it as he's 13 years old, what is he going to do as a career? How is he going to be self-sufficient? How is he going to take care of himself and making sure that he's taken care of? So for me, the defining uh, moment was accepting this as not as a curse, but a blessing. Accepting and, him yeah. for who he is. You know what and I mean? Have, have you had to step back, though? I mean, I think a lot of times we as parents project our hopes on our children. And yes, we do. when they don't do, quote, unquote, what we think they should be doing, Sometimes we 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 think we're dis. We, I mean, we show that we're disappointed. We may not try to do that, but I think our kids right. are very receptive to. Oh gosh, I've disappointed mom or dad because yes. I didn't do A, B, C, or D, or I can't. Now maybe John Luke can't process those feelings, but I'm. How have you? I don't know. You're a very strong business person, businessman. How have you gentled down at home with him? Because it's got to be frustrating. Actually, actually, you know what? The, the biggest challenge from now is doing his homework. He's pretty much, I mean, with all the work and therapy that uh, we put in, he's he's very self-sufficient. He gets good grades in school, but he just, just like he's like a typical teenager in a lot of ways. He just wants to play with electronics. And for me, the frustrating part for me right now, I know he can, they always told us that he's capable of doing much more. He likes people. He likes to be coddled. He likes people to hold his hand. He likes, now he's playing everyone else and taking advantage of people. There you to go. try to get help. You follow me? So for me, yeah. the patience I need is tell him, John Luke, I know what you're capable of. Now just do your homework or do this or do that. And he, he just says, why? He gets a little bit uh, upset and frustrated sometimes. But, you know, I know what he's capable of. And for me as a parent, 
I want to challenge him. I'm not going to be the one who's, as a dad and as a business person, I don't want to coddle him and not make him do the things that I know he's capable of. Because most people, because they get frustrated, they'll just let him do whatever he wants and let him get away with things. And he knows it too. So you learn over the years to be able to sort of manipulate people. But with me, I, uh, I have to be firm with him. I have to be firm with him and make sure he, to bring out the best potential he has in himself. That's an interesting thing because uh, I'm dealing with that too with one of the kids. And, and at some point, you don't want others to make fun of them. And, mm-hmm. but, but we, like you said, we enable them to be coddled and to be protected in our little, in our little, you know, womb or safety of our home. And at some point to allow the children to become really self-sufficient, we basically have to say, you know what, the world is yours, go out and try it and yes. cut the cord, cut the cord to let them fly. Um, but be there to catch if you need them. But if we don't allow them the opportunity to try and get out there and do things on their own, they'll never learn because, heck, why? Why leave home when mom and dad are taking care of everything? Now, he's this still just 13. Give him about five years. We'll see what you're doing. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, we're going to push him out of the nest and see where he lands. <laughs> Easier said than done because I hear oh some parents. Gosh, the kids even graduate true. college and they still come back to live at home. That is true. It's very difficult to kick out. And when I had to let mine go one time, one of my older boys had to come in and show him the door. You know, it's very, very difficult as a parent to, uh, to especially, well, for me, it's the youngest, to let him out the door and say, okay, you're on your own. Um, but I, I honor you in your, in your goal to help him be self-sufficient and to do everything you can. My guest in a couple of weeks will be um, – Candy Spitz, and Candy has two two children that are now ten that are autistic, and the the change in family life when you find out, and I've talked to her about this, but when you get that diagnosis of of autism, it changes the family dynamic. And yeah. briefly, it just briefly, how did how did you and your wife deal with it, and and your other children, because your other kids are fairly close in age, and yeah. how do you keep it well, so that they don't think everybody's you know just working with John Luke. The funny thing is that when kids are young, they don't notice the difference. It's just your brother. Mm. My daughter, who's uh, eight, 19 months younger, she basically was at the place where she was like, you know what? This is just my brother. I look up to him. But as she got a little bit older, she started to notice some different things. I remember the day she said, Dad, I know John Luke's autistic. Like it, was, it wasn't a hidden secret. And he did probably a little bit more attention at a certain point. But when you're the second child, you know, you strive for attention. And... But, but she was very well grounded in that area. But she said she said that she almost like came to me like it was a secret and whispered, whispered, I know John Luke is autistic. Mm-hmm. And so the dynamic was once she realized that there was a different dynamic in terms of you know, they're close together in school and everything and uh just noticing the different ways that he was treated and she basically pretty much uh, stuck up for him a lot and so forth. And so and, and the youngest one he really doesn't even know it's just his big brother. Mm-hmm. You know. He knows there's something different, but doesn't really look at it in a sense of judgment. I believe that as being a, and, you know, along the way, I will share something. There are people we hired as therapists, high school people. We train them to be therapists, and guess what? They all have taken a career in treating autistic children as a result of their, their spending time in, in therapy with John Luke. Well, it's, it's a wonderful thing. moments in their lives. Absolutely, yep. absolutely, and it, it because and you said there there are so many more children now that are being diagnosed that are in there they're in the spectrum, uh, and it comes 
it comes from everybody else not knowing anything about it and, and being quiet. I remember a gal that worked for me years ago um, when I was in the bank. She Her son was autistic, and, and they were trying to raise awareness, and it it just wasn't that wasn't out there. I think it is more, and especially yeah. as people that have uh, an opportunity to be on TV or to to speak out, and essentially like you, uh, who have a platform out there that can raise awareness, because everybody is being affected by it, you know, at some point yeah. in their lives, and even if it's just you know, like I don't have a child that's autistic, but to be around kids, how do how do we treat them? How do we act? You don't want to, you know put your kit gloves on you do want to treat them as as wonderful people um so it raises awareness and i thank you for that and i thank you for for working with the school system and now john luke is is mainstream quote unquote he's in the regular schools and yes. doing doing great absolutely and it's amazing to see how far he's come that's that's terrific so so where do you see him where does he see himself going in the future does he well think right now he wants to be week? a pilot there you he go. He wants to be a pilot right now. That's what his vision is, and and an engineer. So he has that kind. He's very technically minded, mm-hmm. and he's good with the electronics. I mean, you know, fix things and everything like so. So his dream right now is to become a, a pilot. There you go. Th- dream high and uh, and go for exactly. it. It's, it's I think that's wonderful and. and that uh, thank you for supporting him in that and um and the other kids too and bless your your other kids and well i just want to thank you so much for your defining moments and we've gone around the spectrum here from from work to personal to your opportunities uh in speaking right now and in working with groups i know you're a trainer uh, a coach and how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to get involved with you in that way well, right now, there's two reasons, two places to get a hold of me. You can go to my website. It's wallywaiters.com, and you can just send me an email. Or if you're on social media like I am every single day, you can just add me on Facebook and just search my name, Wally Waiters, W-A-L-I-W-A-I-T-E-R-S. There's a lot of content, a lot of information, and if you're looking to have me I maybe speak in events or have me share with a group or just simple uh, consultation, just log in. And do that. And what I'll be offering right now is a 30-minute uh, free consultation to talk to you about, you know, getting to your goals and dreams and vision. For the people that are listening to this show, just tell me that you send me a message. Tell me you heard me on Defining Moments, and we will give you that uh, free call as a result of that. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And and if there's anybody out there listening or who everybody that's out there listening, take advantage of that because when I met Wally, it changed my life for the good. And he is a fabulous guy to sit and just just talk to, just have a conversation. And so keep that connection alive throughout the week with with me at the Woman Behind the Smile. You can write to me at Debbie D E B B Y at the Woman Behind the Smile or check out my website. I'm actually leaving for Orlando this afternoon to speak at the Women's Prosperity Network Unconference in Orlando, uh, that another place with women that started me off in this in this career about two years ago, and Wally was part of that group too, or is part of that group. So Wally, thank yes. you so much today. We're going to have to close our defining moments with a great thank you and a big hug, and I wish you all the best in getting your book done and into print this year. And uh, we'll meet with everybody again next Thursday on Defining Moments, and have a wonderful week. Thanks a lot, Wally.
Thank you for listening to Defining Moments. Be sure to join Debbie Montgomery Johnson for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Find your power this week.